Welcome to the Impactful Leadership Show. I'm your host, Greg McDonough. John Lennon once said, a dream you dream alone is only a dream. A dream you dream together is reality. Join me as we connect dreams to reality by chatting with innovators from around Washington, DC. Our show is proudly sponsored by the DC chapter of the Entrepreneurs Organization. This is the Impactful Leadership Show. Welcome to the Impactful Leadership Show. I'm your host, Greg McDonough. I'm the Managing Director of Blackburn Capital Advisors. Today's guest is an active investor in small and medium-sized businesses with a portfolio of 15 companies. He holds five process-oriented patents and loves growing businesses. Welcome, Farouk. Thank you. It's great to have you on the show. My pleasure to be here. So our show focuses on leadership and the favorite, my favorite question to ask my guests is tell me some misconceptions around leadership. Yeah. So I think a lot, I, I, the, a couple of misconceptions I've seen happen as, as I worked with a lot of businesses is, you know, leaders will either consider themselves to be just because their position is uh, above others in an organization that they just get to boss people around uh, consciously or subconsciously, or they're just unwilling to make tough decisions. Um, and, and so that uh, believing that there's always going to be a good decision, an, an easy decision to be made. So it's between being, you know, too tough versus being too nice and, and not getting things done. Interesting. Let's dig into that second point a little bit deeper. Um, when you say unwilling to make tough decisions, do you see leaders procrastinate in the decision-making or is it more uh, of a, an avoidance? Talk to me a little bit more of what yeah, you mean by that. Yeah. So, so no avoidance. I think, uh, uh, you know, not knowing very well deep inside that hey, this situation is going to work out, you know, uh, look, this team member is really a great person, but they're in the wrong position. Right, or it's the wrong case in life, um, and not want to acknowledge that this could mean anywhere from, you know, uh, I know this is the right, I know that they're in the wrong place, but listen, they'll turn around, or hey, if I work harder micromanaging them, it'll turn around, right? Or hey, I want to avoid that really tough conversation you need to have with them. Those sort of decisions, because I think the role of a leader should be to extract the best out of somebody. And sometimes the best out of somebody is not with you. It is somewhere else. And that's best for them because they, they're going to find what they're really good at. But you can't hold them back from what they should be able to shine in just because you're not able to make a decision. That's very well said. Very well said. And, and the leadership, right, is, is bringing the best out of people. And it's not necessarily in your purview as their leader or their current leader or their current boss. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I've been there on the site where I needed to be let go in my, in my last job, I just didn't like the place. I was in telecom and, uh, look, I done really well. And then the organization's uh, focus had changed. And, uh, I, I genuinely wish I had been let go earlier. And I spent a couple of years of my life kind of working the job. I wasn't really too excited about uh, but but that was the best decision when I decided to let go, right? It was it allowed me to do a lot more things that I just couldn't do. I just didn't have the didn't have the maturity to know. Listen, there's 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 other ways to do things too. So in that situation, 
when did you earn that role? When did you know that it wasn't right for you? Or is that something that came after the fact as you reflected af- after you left or yeah, I'm trying to get it. There, there could be an audience member who's, who's sitting in a similar situation and has this gut feeling or something just doesn't line up right. Talk to us about yeah. what, as the other side of the table, yeah. what that feels like, how to identify it, those types yeah. of things. So, you know, um, I mean, as a background, I'm in my uh, late 20s, have three kids, okay? Um, uh, you know, work, is, work used to be exciting, different management came in, not exciting anymore. Uh, situations that changed also too. I think, I think deep inside, we all know if we're just kind of like happy where things are going. We know it. We just don't want to kind of accept it or acknowledge it because you're always worried about, hey, what am I going to do otherwise? Like, how am I going to pay the bills? What am I going to do here? What, what, how would that happen, right? And I think, I think, I think leadership starts by leading yourself well first. And so for me, um, it came out where, you know, at just some point I realized there's got to be better in life than this. And uh, I, I knew I, I was comfortable working hard. I'd had some patents by that time too. So I knew I would, like, I could get things done. Uh, uh, I just also didn't know what else was out there. Let me put it that way. Right. I was an engineer. I only knew telecom. It was like the only things I'd, been, I'd done after college. So I think there was some of that, the fear of the unknown. But, you know, I do feel that if, if one is going to become an effective leader, it starts off by knowing yourself. Uh, you go through those hard times yourself. You're able to relate with that with your team members. Uh, uh, when they're in that situation, I think that sort of leadership uh, makes your team more confident in you. Because sometimes you get to understand their position better than they do, just because you're on the other side or you've been there. Um, so, so, so that's where it came for me. It was like, Hey, this, it just, it just, like, if not now, when it's not very happy, I did look at where, uh, my bosses were 10 years ahead of me. Um, it wasn't very encouraging. (laughs) It wasn't very encouraging what I was seeing. So I, I'm going to leave. I, 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 like I said, three kids, I moved on. Uh, left the job, didn't have another job lined up, uh, moved out of state and uh, talked myself into another job uh, in a different industry and the adventure began. That's amazing. Talk to me a little bit more detail around the feelings that you were having when making those decisions to leave without another job. Yeah. Uh yeah, look, it, it, it's, it's, it's gut-wrenching. Um, you know, uh, I'll, I'll tell you the feeling exactly I remember. I would go in, I knew, I would go in late to work. Okay, I used to go in, I used to have a lot of fun. I would just go in late. I not feel very good walking in, okay? Uh, and, and so, you know, when, you know, when your day starts like that, a lot of time of, of, for, for many, many, many months, it's something to listen to. You come home. You're just dissatisfied. You're a little grouch at home too, right? Uh, uh, um, you know, the weekends, you're trying to do everything you can to kind of forget that. Uh, uh, so 
deep inside you're just not happy i think i think that feeling just just listening to it right mm-hmm. um um sure i had to take care of the diapers for the kids and i'll tell you on that salary that i had i mean when 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 my twins used to have a pretty upset stomach i remember the cost of those diapers i was an engineer i used to kind of count that I'm like shoot this is adding up a lot um uh but i think i think at some point it came that hey i think there's some bigger adventure out there i know how to land on my feet mm. right and just to build your own confidence to do that uh i was i, I am very fortunate and I, i was very fortunate my wife you know you know my my life partner understood that to the extent that not understanding why I was making a decision but to the extent that hey uh we'll figure it out and and i think i think that was that was a part uh and i think all that is kind of like training for what's about to come to you as as you become that leader too right um if some if i i would caution there's this there's this difference of hey i just had a few bad weeks because i'm struggling in my job and i'm struggling i'm i've hit this barrier uh uh versus look i'm in the wrong uh workplace there's a, and the difference is the first one is you're just struggling becoming very good at what you're doing and that's just a normal process of growth right you keep on working at it you figure out new techniques especially in your management it's not a matter of how much time you're spending it's a matter of how you're doing things and you maybe you need coaching maybe you just need like you know uh uh some sort of advisors that's different than where you're just not able to shine cuz the environment just doesn't work with your personality or with how you are uh and and i think that's where the trick to know which is which mm. yeah right? and it sounds like time helps with that a little bit oh yeah, yeah. and when and when i've been in those situations and to the point you made earlier it's when you come home and it's saturday afternoon and you're still just got this angry heated feeling that maybe something else isn't lining up yeah on that monday through friday that you should be thinking about and and having some self awareness and taking the time to um self reflect learn and grow as best you can yeah yeah absolutely yeah um so fruk you also mentioned at the beginning about misconceptions and leadership around getting to boss people around. Yeah. Um tell yeah. me a little bit more what you meant behind that. Yeah. So, you know, I think I think the role of like I said the role of a leader is to help uh your mission be successful and the mission is only successful if you be a nonprofit or for profit. if your team members are successful too um and and you know sometimes just cuz you get power uh, because of your, your setup in the org chart um a lot of the directions from the from the from the leader go one direction okay, i need you to do this i want you to do this uh your team doesn't feel connected with you they're just taking orders right and um you know that may be a, that's appropriate on a regular that may be appropriate in certain positions um but it's still not appropriate in terms of building an organization that can be resilient a team that can make you proud right you haven't given a chance to others to make mistakes you haven't given them a chance to kind of understand that hey how they can take ownership to make things better 
So, so that, you know, uh, throwing your weight around uh, too much is not a sign of leadership. That's actually a sign of insecurity. Um, and, and I say that because the role of a leader, again, if it is that, you're, that your mission succeeds and it can only succeed with your team succeeding, uh, you, you can't play that card too long because the right people will leave. And taking this a, a step further in your investment strategy and philosophy, yeah, talk to us about how much you look to the leader or leadership team within the companies you invest in yeah. compared to the product or service. Like, Give us a sense of where the importance lies yeah. between those three things or those two things. Yeah, so, so it's, it, it is all about leadership. So, so you know, we, we, we invest in a, a B2B industries. We're across a lot of, you know, industries from logistics to fresh produce to, uh, you know, construction to healthcare, all that, right? And uh, uh, we invest serious amount of money into those businesses. One of the largest criteria uh, is uh, the value of the team, Right. Uh, um, and, and that means, look, is there a strong leader or is there a strong number two that just hasn't given a chance to be number one? Okay. Usually we're buying a business that's been around for multiple decades, maybe multi-generational, the kids don't want to run it. And then the owner wants to exit. He wants to make sure, or she wants to make sure that their, that, you know, the, their legacy thrives, uh, be it through their employees or be it through their customers. And so, uh, we end up having to work with a lot with, within the team to identify those leaders and coaching them or finding them a fraud side sometimes. Um, what we've, what, but, but I think everybody will, I think everybody will learn if your team is strong, no matter what you get thrown, what gets thrown at you, you'll pivot, you'll learn, you'll grow it. The team will outgrow it. Um, and, you know, part of that is resiliency. Okay, hey, can they, are, are, are they're like, you know, they're, they've gone through tough times before. Uh, part of that is the ability of the leader to earn respect from their team members. Uh, uh, and then most importantly, the sincere desire of the team members for their team or their organization growing. That means putting down their own ego towards the bigger goal. Mm-hmm. And you know, when you walk into an office, you can just feel it. It's like, it's like you just know people love what they're doing, right? And and you know that they're listening, they're just talking about their customers all the time. We're talking about, well, you know, I want to do this, I want to do that. And you can ask them tough questions. Well, where are you going to get the money for that? Or, hey, how's the money going to come up? Or listen, have you, you know, where have you failed? And 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 they're just pretty open. I mean, it's like, it's like failure is just part of growing, right? And uh, uh, it's like a place you want to work, okay? <laughs> Only we end up paying money to want to work with them. Uh, uh, it's definitely about the leadership because every business, one of business partners has, has led multiple private equity companies and he said over the 72 companies he's been CEO of, uh, every business goes through a crisis. Okay. And that crisis deter- is de- the ability to weather that crisis depends on the strength of the team. Right. That, that's very well said. Um, I'm curious, you know, many would argue that we're on the brink of a recession or some yeah. sort of next crisis. Obviously, we just went through the pandemic, um, still dealing with that. How have 
different industries responded either as you expected or didn't expect throughout your portfolio? Yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, so, so right before COVID, I will say this, um, maybe n- nobody thought what coming, what, what, what came, uh, I think other than the month of Mar- March, uh, every business we had was profitable, including our restaurant business. Okay. Uh, um, and, and I think that had to do with me and my partner sitting down and some case partners sitting down, uh, on just recognizing that, Hey, the games, the rules of the game have changed. Right. Uh, and making those very difficult decisions, very, very difficult decisions of how to what do we need to do to get ahead of this? We had to plan this, but we've been there for a few months. And I'll tell you some of my business partners, you know, who've been in that industry for a little while, especially in the restaurant business, you know, just kept on saying, listen, it'll be fine next week. It'll be fine. It'll go to get better in two weeks from now. Just be patient. You're overreacting, right? Uh, uh, and, and I can, and those are pretty intense debates, right? But the strength of the leadership there was that everybody was able to understand that we're really trying to do what's good for business. And sometimes we had to let go uh, um, of, of our own egos. Uh, uh, but we did end up making those decisions. You know, sometimes it's a matter of cutting down costs. Sometimes it's a matter of adding a new service that just wasn't, that we have never thought about. Uh, so our restaurant business went from almost 1% online sales to 15% online sales very quickly. Our team you know, size reduced, right? Uh, uh, we understood that, hey, cash, we have to protect. And so, you know, we didn't pay rent for a couple of months, but right after that, we caught up. I mean, we were, we understand that we were the only ones who were actually current on rent after, nine, after 90 days. So um, uh, uh, everyone survived, uh, every, every business thrived. I know we ended up acquiring a little bit, investing in more businesses and acquiring them uh, primarily because, um, you know, it was very scary to say the least for, for most, for most people, for us, we just looked at it and said, Hey, what do we do right now? And the only thing we could do to keep our sanity and especially for our team and our, our team members was just say, Hey, we can't control what's going on outside. Let's just focus on what we are good at. Let's go sell. Okay. Let's go get these trucks out. And, you know, made that a rallying cry. Right. And, and I think it gave a lot of confidence across our, across the various industries that, Hey, I'm still doing something I know, but it changed things around quite a bit. Everybody worked from home. Okay. Uh, uh, but it gave confidence. And I think that confidence, um, helped us. Um, a lot of our competitors actually stopped servicing. So it was easier to get their customers. Right. Um, so, uh, um, you know, at the end of the day, I think it just came down to just having the attitude of, Hey, we'll figure this out. Let's just be, let's just focus on what we know what to do. Let's just only do that. We ended up, uh, Greg going ahead and realizing, I think in May, sitting with my business partner, it's like, Hey man, I think there's a lot of people who've been around the block a lot and they just don't want to deal with this anymore. They probably want to exit their businesses. So why don't we go and double down on just, you know, investing and buying some more businesses. And, uh, I was on those planes. I was pretty much the only, the only person in some of those plane rides. Right. 
uh, it's nice to be the only guy at security and have a concierge service. Uh, but we bought businesses at that time. And we took all the precautions or anything that needed to be done. Uh, 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 and, and I think that sense of um, confidence, look, I only know this. This is what I'm good at. This is what I know what to do. Let me just figure out how to do that more within the changing environment. Mm. That helped. Certainly. That's insightful. So, Farouk, tell us a little bit um, about the types of businesses you're looking to invest in. Yeah. So, uh, we, we invest a lot, mostly in B2B businesses. Okay. So, businesses that provide services to other businesses or businesses that sell online. Uh, you know, done B2C comp- businesses, and it's a different art and different skill set. So, we look for those. We look for businesses that are already very profitable. Okay, and they have cash that they're generating. Uh, we don't. We're agnostic to the industry. Okay, uh, um, businesses preferably that have you know uh, are COVID resilient. Okay, uh, but they have a strong team. Uh, usually, either be individuals who are saying, "Hey, I don't want to retire now. I don't want to leave right now. Actually, I don't even want to leave. I just want some partners. I've taken it this far. I want some partners who can help me grow. Not just capital, but actually just help me literally in the management too. So we're pretty good at that. I'm, 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 I'm a strong ops person. I love operations. I love KPIs, making processes, okay? <laughs> Looking at them, my business partner loves doing sales. So we put in systems for that. Other times, individuals are, well, you know, I just want to spend more time with the family. I really want to kind of exit. Uh, I don't know how to do it. Uh, but, and then so we'd work with them on kind of having a transition plan out so that they can move on to different parts of their lives. Um, I'll tell you this. Um, I mean, take it as a matter of pride. Um, you know, about a quarter of the businesses we end up investing in or we get right now actually were referred by previous sellers. Hmm. Uh, and you know, about a fifth of the money, cause we do work with investors and private individuals who are investing in us. They get pretty good returns cause we, cause we send, we, we distribute cash every, every month. About a, about a fifth of them are previous sellers. They come back and invest with us in future deals. They just, they just, they, they like how we do things. And they think they come back and say, well, you know, let me be part of your next deal. So, so we take it as a point of pride. As you should. Uh, That's a real, uh, real validation that you treat the the team you're investing in well if they're willing yeah. to return and and be part of the part of the party. So, for take us back to you, like tell us about where you grew up, how you got yeah. to where you are, education, family man. Like, give us a little bit of background of who you are. Yeah, yeah. So. So I'm an immigrant. I grew up overseas. Okay. I actually uh, uh, grew up in Saudi Arabia, came here for college, uh, uh, stumbled my way into the United States, had to stop over in you know, Egypt and study over there for a while. Uh, I was 15 and a half when I went to college, right? So my parents are both teachers and they said, so anyway, so uh, graduated from Purdue and went into telecom, right? And, uh, uh, and, you know, telecom was great. It was like the cutting edge. It was a lot of things going on at that time. But after a while, I learned like corporate life isn't for me, right? So I think I tell everybody else I'm unemployable right now. Uh, I'm just like 
you know, I, I, I think, I think, I think staying within a large organization just wouldn't work for me. Uh, I give my boss a heartburn actually. So, uh, uh, so I have, you know, so, so as I went, I talked, I, I, I left that job as I was telling you about, I went to another company, another healthcare company and said, Hey, listen, why don't you hire me? I can go ahead and fix your business. Guy says, you're an engineer. What do you know about anything? I said, well, listen, pay me for the next 90 days, pay me the least you pay anybody over here. And the worst case, you'll get an engineer working with you for minimum wage. But if I'm around, I turn this around, I want to renegotiate my salary. And so I went from making $7.25 an hour as an engineer with three kids uh, to becoming the highest paid, to become the managing director of the, of the company and increase profits by $10,000 a week. I mean, I loved it. Okay, it was. It, I, I used to work with eighty-hour weeks. My wife was like, "I never see you," uh, but I loved it. I found. I if I hadn't left that job that I was just talking about, I wouldn't have found what I loved doing. Right, and what I loved doing was working with people, and and getting them to kind of like be impressed with what they could accomplish themselves, and being impressed myself with. It. Uh, you know, since then, went into multiple businesses. I, I went into patients. I mean, it was a dental office. I said, listen, you go to law school, got some patents. I went to law school. I wanted to pay for law school. I started a, an education company just to pay for law school. Turned out I loved that. So I never really finished law school. But business took over. went to multiple different states and uh, five different states and exited that. Um, and then got into business of just stumbled into the business of acquiring businesses. So, you know, I have, uh, I have six kids now, so I have uh, a lot of reasons to work hard. Uh, I'm usually traveling quite a bit because uh, businesses are across the United States, but it's also my way of getting a good night's sleep at night too. <laughs> um, so, so, you know, that's a little bit myself. I, I do feel good about, I mean, being working, building, you know, and then, and then kind of, you know, how to keep everything together with, with the family too. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's quite fun. I, I, I got to say. That's awesome. That's awesome. So let's take this the other way. As you look forward into the future, yeah. what, what gets you excited? The future. <laughs> uh, so, you know, it, it, it is turbulent times right now. Okay. Uh, I'm a little bit of a, I, I find it, it, history interesting. And um, I've, I mean, I, I know some of the largest companies we've had, we have right now from the Hondas of the world to the GE, to the, you know, to the IBMs of the world. Many of them were small businesses, but they, they pivoted in extreme economic circumstances to become what they are right now. So Honda, you know, of course, it's one of the largest like automotive and I mean, they do planes or anything too, but they used to make uh, uh, like looms for making like clothing, okay? Uh, uh, IBM, I think used to be a typewriter company and then, and then after World War, they, they, they became the computer company that they are right now. And so I believe, so, so there was instances in history where that changed the course of direction for many small co companies and it became very large later on. And I think we're in that moment now. Mm -hmm. Okay, so uh, uh, because all the rules have changed, okay, so world the World War II changed a lot of rules. Government was focused on certain things and encouraged certain behavior. Like new industries came up that just didn't exist before. Uh, and 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 so to me, I'm excited about the future because 
nobody, not everybody's figured out, hey, how will the future look like? It's clearly the rules have changed. And so it's not a place of being worried. It's a place of, hey, how do I pivot based on just what I see going on right now? And within that somewhere, Greg, I think that the constant pivoting that will naturally come, I think, is that growth that for, for people who are looking for it, mm. right? It allows to t- take a step back and say, hey, what did I want to do when I started my business? You know, did I want to grow it? Well, listen, I don't know where I was going to play out next year, but let me just pivot with what it is right now. And then maybe next year I'll pivot again. But then within that, you find your right team, the resilient team that sticks with you, that understands it, and then you, and you, can, you can find your stride and you grow or it might be, well, you know, I always got started because I want to spend some more time with my family. I've been working really hard. I really need to take a step back and say, listen, this is what I wanted to do where I'm at right now. Because, you know, life changes, life, life focus changes. And it, it allows for that reflection that just wouldn't happen otherwise. So uh, uh, it allows to have those deep internal thinking, you know, hey, listen, is this what I want to continue doing? So I'm excited, man. I mean, I'm excited where this is. Uh, I'm excited about, you know, where it can go. I'll certainly say to, I, I genuinely believe we're in, that, we're in that moment. Those rare moments that probably happen once or maybe every other generation um, where, where, where the game rules change. And if you're just on top of it or try to just stay ahead of it, it can, it can change it, your, your trajectory. That's fantastic. So Farouk, how can audience members find you? What's your social media platform of choice, email? Like somebody wants to reach out to connect. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, so uh, so I'm on LinkedIn, okay, quite a bit. Um, uh, my email is preferred. So my email is Farouk, S as in Frank, A-R-O-O-Q, and Hutbud, H-U-D-D as in Delta, P as in Paul, U-D-D, dot com. Not an easy email address. It'll be in the show notes. Yeah. Okay. Great. Um, um, I'll let you know. I've been called, and Farouk is hard to remember. So I've been called a frog. I've been called whatever. <laughs> a lot of different people. My first job, my HR lady called me frog. Um, uh, so I don't mind my name being butchered, but I don't think the email will accept that. Um, so email, I think LinkedIn are pretty good ways to get, get a hold of me. I. Uh, I, I love working with entrepreneurs or business owners who are just trying to think things through, right? Uh, um, I, I genuinely like talking about because because it's 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 been things that I've struggled with, right? When when I had to exit my business, for example, or hey, when things at home life and business life weren't just kind kind of jiving, how do you kind of keep it together? Um, so, would ha- happy to help out in any way that I can to any of the uh, any of your listeners. Um, yeah. And, uh, I travel quite a bit, so I'm usually in DC and other cities a lot. Maybe we'll meet up if ever needs, if that, 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 that comes to happen. Fantastic. Well, I appreciate your time today, Farouk. It's really been, uh, a pleasure chatting with you and getting into some of these details and insights. Uh, oh. like you, I'm also very excited about the future and I feel you know, the more positivity that we have in the universe right now is really going to bubble into something great. And so uh, there's two of us <laughs> at least fighting the same fight. Well, you know, you get what you look for. So we'll get it. But I, it's, it's been a pleasure here too, Greg. I really enjoy this conversation. I'm excited for the rest of the day just having this conversation. And that's a wrap, my friends. Thank you for spending your time with me. 
For show notes and other episodes, visit us at impactfulleadershipshow.com. One last food for thought, walk on with hope in your heart and you'll never walk alone.